Everybody, I'm Peter, and when I get angry, I slip into a weird French accent. He's Mike, and he has daddy issues. How's it going, Mike? Oh, yeah. Welcome to <laughs> Rebels Rebels, the show where we explore the Star Wars expanding universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive into the animated series, A Star Wars Rebel. <laughs> Nice. Um, you want to just jump right into this one? Today's guest, hailing from a town near you, the hostess with the mostest, the boy with the most toys. You know him. You love him. It's Peter. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rebels Rebels. The show. <laughs> it's oh, just wait, us sorry. today. It's just us Oh today. my gosh, I'm confused. Hey, It's just it Peter and Mike today. We're yep. going gonna to be walking you through this awesome Star Wars Rebels episode. Yep. So I don't think um, we have much to announce. Hopefully our Space Oddity pins are just selling like space pancakes, space mm-hmm. waffles, hot mm-hmm. cakes, hot space waffle cakes. And yeah, um... Let's just jump into this. How's that yeah. feel, Mike? I love it. Let's do it. Cool, 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 cool. From IMDb, the ghost crew journeys to Ryloth to aid a rebel cell. Yeah. So That's simple. The episode opens with Hera and Zeb in the middle of a pickle. Yeah. While transferring cargo from one ship to another, they are pursued and attacked by the Empire. During the battle, Phoenix 2 is picked off. Yep. We're beginning this episode like so many Rebels episodes in later mm-hmm. season two in Medius Reyes, which means in the middle of narrative. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of it. So it's yep. back in the action, which I like. I think these are nice opens. Yeah, it's a cool uh, touch. They're cool Just buy-ins. Start, start it with the action. And like Peter said, we have a problem right away. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be the first half shield to not die in vain. Phoenix 2 is picked <laughs> off by a TIE fighter. The problem here is that when Hanan, Kanan, that's a great ship name, uh, <laughs> Hera and Kanan are, they're talking to June Sato, the mm-hmm. commander, um Hera is lamenting that they have their biggest problem is that they're not only losing fighters they're losing pilots too they're low on ships and people at best our squadron is at half strength we're not just losing fighters we're losing pilots faster than we can replace them until we can find a base we need somewhere to land our fighters Perhaps we can solve two problems at once. A rebel cell has reported an Imperial carrier over their world. If we can steal that ship, we can use it to house all our fighters. Yeah, they mention, I don't know exactly how this would help. Um, they say they don't have a safe haven. They don't have a base right now, so that makes sense. But then they don't have anywhere to like land their ships. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not a solution. I'm just going to be that, honest. Like, maybe they're just like vulnerable. Like are the A-wings just kind of flying out there? I don't know. Or is it like, okay, we have a... They're like, we need to recruit more people. But we have nowhere to park. <laughs> yeah, they just need a space parking lot. Yeah, build a bit bigger parking lot. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Oh, okay. we, can't, we, we can't recruit more people until we can, you know, until we can actually house them. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. So maybe okay. that's what they're, that's what I'm thinking. That's loose. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sato informs Hera and Kanan that he has received intelligence that an Imperial Quasar yeah. Fire class. Yeah. 
So that's a mouthful. Quasar Fire yeah. Class Carrier Cruiser. Yeah. Two hyphens in there. Mm-hmm. It has been spotted above Ryloth. So Sato suggests stealing the ship and tells them to make contact with the Ryloth rebels. Yeah, ridiculous plan. And I love it because <laughs> this is a huge ship. This ship's also called, AKA, the Flurry. These mm-hmm. specific Imperial class cruiser carriers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I know. know. I'm just going to call it like the carrier. Yeah, let's yeah. Just call it a carrier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a cool ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that name came from. Um, it's actually a Legends thing. So it showed up in a couple places. Um, there's a Legends video game called Star Wars Rebellion. And then these two people in 1994, Bruce, in a book called The Truce at Bracura. Oh, Bakura. yeah. Truce at Bracura is rad. It's right after um, The Return of the Jedi. It like, picks up right away. Oh, it's cool. Cool. I never read that one. That's a good. I've read a couple EU books. And that's one of them. It's yeah, great. it's like. Kathy Tires, um, yeah. and it was designed by Doug Chang and Troy Vigil, hmm. and they put it into the Essential Guide of Vehicles and Vessels in 1996, and it was even made into a micro-machine toy in 1996. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a great book. I haven't thought about that in a while. That was my first EU book I ever read. Hmm. That's cool. True Sabakura. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of books, I picked up this really cool book um, that I actually never heard of, and there's a couple series of them, but it's called The Rebels Files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a little handbook and the the kind of gimmick is that the resistance is re- covered a bunch of old imperial and rebel files from a base they found that was abandoned. And so like all of like Leia and Han and all these people like go through it and write annotations in the margins. Mm. Like that didn't really happen and blah, blah, blah. But you learn like just all these cool facts. And so. Wow, the Half-Blood Prince wrote in it, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, But according to the files, the Quasar carrier cruiser space frame was questionable, being subject to micro fractures while reverting from hyperspace to real space. Wow. Yeah. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. Sounds dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. But Hera forlornly says that she knows the rebel cell on Ryloth and she will contact them. Mm. Kanan is surprised saying, are you really going to talk to him? Yeah. Talk yeah. to who? I know the cell you're talking about. I'll contact them. You're actually going to talk to them? I don't think we have much choice. We need that carrier. What's wrong with Ryloth? Yep, I like this. Uh, she leaves the room and Ezra's like, what's wrong with Ryloth? Oh, we're going to find out what's wrong with Ryloth. Yeah. And I'm glad that they told you pretty off the bat. Like, it's mm-hmm. not too much of a... Because it's not a great... Re- I don't know. It's The reveal didn't, like... Remember when I first watched it, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, her father. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was so. a little bit of a thing there because they announced, obviously, Harris and Dula when they announced Star Wars Rebels. And so fans picked up, hey, that's the same last name as Cham. Yeah. Um, and so they told everyone that Cham was Hera's uncle, but then later Pablo revealed that it was just, they were father and daughter. So it was like kind yeah. of like a weird fake out, but yeah. I also, I'm going to say it's really weird. I'm going to go back to the conversation that was initially had with mm-hmm. um, June Sato, the commander. He lays out the plan for them. They're on essentially a phone call. <laughs> he lays out the plan. And then they don't say goodbye to each other. Hera just, he's like, he says the plan and Hera just, she's like, I know someone over there and then hangs up. I'm wondering if he's on the other side, like, hello, did I leave you? 
Did, okay, we're not saying goodbye. No he's one probably says goodbye like, in space. Yeah, he's probably like, how woo. How woo. It was. It was rude. No one says goodbye. <laughs> they just hang up the phone. I know. It's weird. Space etiquette. Yeah. Um, I also love like, the, the acting. The Hera acting is so good in this episode. Hmm. Um, like, so she walks out of the room and, like, she just, like, you could so tell, like, in the voice and the animation, just, like, just building up the courage to make the call. And the, it does a cool little camera pan where you don't know who she's talking to. And then it kind of just pans a little bit over her shoulder and you see it's Cham. Yeah. Um, and there's another point like later on when she's distracted, like her father's on board and Ezra's trying to talk to her. She's just like anxiously fidgeting with this hydro spanner. Like, yeah. I wrote that down to that exact moment. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so I like those little touches. Also, do you say Cham or Sham? Because they say both things in this episode. Uh, Sham because he is one. <laughs> um cham would make more sense yeah that's me. what i say too but um so yeah she calls her father and he says that he's surprised to hear from her and we start making all these connections um i think this is a good point for us to bring up a little bit of a mystery controversy that was solved later on but we know Cham from the Clone Wars. There's a bunch of episodes on Ryloth. And in the episode, um, there is, he's holding this Twi'lek little girl while talking oh, yeah. to people. And so a lot of people were wondering whether or not that's Hera. It was a big mm. debate for a yeah. long time. Um, Why would he be holding? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the weird thing. So if you do the math, I found this out, which is odd. I think Hera's like 24 in this okay. she seems much older yeah wise basically years yeah um so that means during the clone war she'd be around eight so she kind of matches up with the age of that girl um we, we know she was on ryloth when she was that young um and they're wearing kind of the same headgear but that's kind of standard for twi'lek women um but the color of the little girl her skin's a little more like yellowish brownish yeah um, and there's no like definitive proof so people were like that's hair i was like maybe like the skin color changed a little bit no it didn't that's stupid that's blah, blah, blah. so i just it, don't know why cham doesn't strike me as someone who would just pick up a kid and be like hey i'll hold you mm -hmm. well His that's character. the interesting thing um so it has been put to bed and pablo hidalgo actually addressed that so he has changed a lot since we have seen him he actually was pretty popular on Ryloth and kind of like a folk hero. So as such, he was kind of like a politician, just like kissing babies and shaking hands. So he did say that is just a random Twi'lek girl. It's not Hera. Yeah. But what happens, there's a quote, something along the lines that I really liked. It's like, what happens when the war never ends? So for him, he's fighting the separatists, thinking like we're going to liberate Ryloth and then we're good. And then he does that. And then all of a sudden the empire comes and invades. Yeah. So he's thrown right back into battle and that has changed him so now he's a colder person he's a more militant he's ex an extremist a little bit like Sakurera. yeah um so yeah at this point i don't think he'd be shaking hands and kissing babies but back in the day he he was pretty uh popular and charismatic yeah all right yep so I get it put that to bed got it got it got it yep um so speaking of which Cham arrives on the ghost with two of his greatest warriors, Numa <laughs> and Gobi Guile. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a rule 
uh, that you can only have four letters in your in your na- in any name. Oh yeah, if you come from this planet. <laughs> That's funny. First and last name too, evidently. Cham Numa Gobi Guile. Oh, ain't no hint. Sindula is the last. Oh, okay, Gobi. Okay. I was like a Gobi Guile, which I think Gobi is just a funny name. I like that. Yeah, Numa Guile. Yeah. Um, they arrive on a new class attack shuttle, which is an yeah. old Republic sh- ship modeled. It's like a lighter and faster alternative to the Lat gunship. Yeah. And there's actually a bunch of interesting things about Numa and Gobi. Um, what? Yeah, they're not they're not in this episode that much, I think, but <clears throat> they're not in this episode that much. But there's in the Clone Wars episodes, they both show up. Um, so I there's one that actually features um, Numa a lot, and she was really young at that point. So. Uh-huh. The episode's called The Innocence of Ryloth, and Numa oh, cool. is found as a young child during the invasion of Ryloth by two clone troopers named Waxer and Boyle. Okay. At that point, she's really young, and she's scared because of the war, and she didn't speak basic. So, they kind of comforted her and gave her a ration bar and protected her, and she grew to become close with these people. So, she helped guide the clones and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Commander Cody to victory against the Separatists. So, she kind of mm. became like a little baby guide okay um so as such you'll see as a grown-up now she has one of the names of the clone troopers Boyle, written in arabesh on her armor oh wow um also like she has a bat crest on her helmet which is the same thing that Boyle wore on his helmet oh okay um, that's cool those are nice yeah. tie-ins also this is kind of cool she's voiced by katherine tabor who not only voiced her as a little girl in the Clone Wars, oh, and is wow. now voicing her as an adult, which is a cool touch. She also voiced Phoenix too, who sh- who just died, and Padme. Oh wow! Yeah, so the voice of Padme returns in Rebels. Heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gobi, we saw too. He's a little older during the Clone Wars, but on the episodes Liber- Liberty on Ryloth and Supply Lines, he was already part of Cham's Resistance and a trusted fighter by his side. Um, so Gobi and Cham. Also appeared in the Del Rey book, Lords of the Sith, which takes place 11 years before Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll also notice, too, like all three of them have like salvaged clone trooper armor on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool touch. So they've salvaged that that gunship and they also have like a bunch of pieces of clone armor. Uh, Yeah. yeah. This is great. And this is a great moment um, for a lot of reasons. First of all, I love that this episode's called Homecoming mm-hmm. because this scene that's about to take place right here is totally a space prom, like space dance, mm-hmm. like maybe space homecoming. The like, big hey, space football game. Meet my dad before we go out. <laughs> like yeah. well, before we go out to space homecoming, meet my dad. Yeah. Kanan's so funny in this episode. Super nervous. I yeah. love it. How do I look? Same as always. Why? No reason. Straighten up a little bit. You're making me look bad. What's the matter with you? Nothing. Just calm down. You calm down. Um, and I think it's really great that Kanan introduces the crew, but does not introduce Chopper. Yeah. And in that moment, I swear, <laughs> Chopper says, what the F? <laughs> if you... If you listen to it, if you go back and listen to it, it sounds like it goes, what the F? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not being introduced. That's tight. Yeah, I liked that moment a lot. And then also, did you notice that he mixed up Ezra and Zeb? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's great. Nervous yeah. space cannon is so tight. Yeah, I like it. Um, so Hera briefs the crew of the Ghost and the Twi'leks about their plan to infiltrate the Imperial carrier above Ryloth with a stolen TIE bomber that Cham has secured. Yeah. I'm stoked about this. I actually really like the TIE bombers. I think they're a cool ship. Yeah, I like the TIE bombers. I like the A-wings better, so here yeah. they come. That's true. Um, but a little bit about the TIE bombers. Um, it has those two little central pods, and I wasn't really sure what those were. Um, one of them is obviously the cockpit. The other one holds bombs and other munitions. What hmm. bombs and other munitions, you might ask? It could carry a combination of concussion missiles, proton torpedoes, proton bombs, orbital mines, or up to 64 thermal detonators. Hmm. Very specific number. <laughs> it's not that many, actually. I know, and I also like the idea that it's like, because they said they can also like put stormtroopers in that compartment over there so like do they just have like all right we'll just load up a stormtrooper he's just throwing thermal detonators out the window like (laughs) or put them in together yeah totally either two stormtroopers or one stormtrooper and 30 thermal detonators (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that too it's like it can carry a combination so they like there's someone on the ship who's like all right i need like 10 proton bombs four mines uh three oh and 14 proton torpedoes they're like, no, 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 take one out. It won't fit. Yeah. Mm, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> um, also, I did a bunch of research and I couldn't figure out what the difference between proton torpedoes and concussion missiles are. Proton. I mean, proton torpedoes usually interrupt. Um, proton, anything with proton usually has like electrical currents, right? In Star oh, Wars. That's that ion. Like, oh, that's ion. Yeah. So because proton torpedoes are what it. Luke shot down into yeah. the exhaust port of the death star mm. and then concussion missiles are just like missiles like i think we see slave one shoot them at like obi-wan and attack of the clones or whatever mm. so maybe it's just like concussion missiles are actual physical like missiles and protons are like energy b- missiles okay um. i don't know um also it, it has it's pointed out that it has an injector seat oh that's and then right. that led me to a little I thought that too, but it's not. That led me to a little deep dive. Evidently, TIE fighters have ejector seats. What? I thought they don't want them to defect. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's all like just a... Conjecture. Um, because in Aftermath, um, Nora Wexley snaps Mother, steals okay. a TIE fighter, and then uses the ejector seat to like to poof herself out. Mm. Um, so, I guess that's cool. a thing. Which is like funny to ejector seats in space. <laughs> all right. Well, fair. It's also 150,000 credits, which is a lot more expensive than a regular TIE fighter. It's a couple of bucks. A regular TIE fighter, 60,000 credits. So it's almost three times more expensive. That's wild. I'd also like to use this opportunity to very quickly bring up controversy. Oh, Oh, talk about it. So one of my more annoying, the more annoying gripes about Last Jedi for me are people complaining that there's the bombers in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's like how do you drop bombs in space there's no gravity <laughs> so first of all those are magnetic bombs so nice. that has been confirmed so they attach themselves to metal with magnets which are dope just magnets in general i think magnets are dope in magnets how do they work yeah secondly we see very clearly in empire strikes back these tie bombers go over the asteroid field and drop bombs onto the asteroids so we have seen these bombers in space there is a trace atmosphere on some of those asteroids but i don't buy that it's enough 
to be able to just fly willy-nilly and drop bombs through the entire asteroid field. I think you'd have to get pretty close to it. Mm. So that's what, how I feel, and you can shut your butt. I like it. <laughs> you want to like talk it. about the plan? All right, let's get to the plan. Okay. Hera's plan is to capture the carrier with the stolen bomber, as we said. But Cham yeah. disagrees. He wants to destroy the ship over Ryloth so his people can see a great victory and it can inspire them. Ah, I don't know about this, man. I just, Cham, <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah. I, just... you, Because uh, here's my, here. I don't know. How often are symbolic victories better than actual victories? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, we can do a symbolic victory here. Um, and try to inspire people, or we can have an actual victory, which may also lead to inspiring people. Mm. Maybe not as many see it. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Why wouldn't you just always go with a practical victory over an imagined one? Yeah, I get it. And I think, I, I mean, I think it's part of his extremism, just kind yeah. of like, he's just so short-sighted. I think that's more of it because you're right in the long term, if they steal his carrier and use it, you know, in weeks and months and years to defeat the empire and use it in all these like you know, offensives. Yeah. Then that's going to be kind of a cool storyline for the rebels and be like, Oh my God, they're using their empire's own weapons against them. They did this, blah, blah, blah. Like that could be really inspiring. But in the moment, like if you want to really inspire people today, then yeah, yeah I think he just wants to make a big show. You know, he wants to have the fireworks. Yeah. Which I get, I don't know. He would, he would not be good in actual war situations. Yeah, like definitely. you're about to invade somewhere. He's like, we could invade and take over this castle or, <laughs> We could burn the bridge and take a picture in front of it and distribute it to all of our friends. Totally. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not agreeing that it's a good idea. But I, I yeah. see, like, he, no, I he's very short-sighted. Yeah, you know? I get it. Um, but Hera says that if they had the means to destroy and do this symbolic victory, then they would have done it by now. So they need the rebels' helps, and yeah. and the rebels need that carrier. So it's win-win mm. for everyone. Cham just needs to cool his jets. Yeah. Cham's bomber, Harris plan. Let's roll with it. Yep. Um, so later in private, Ezra asks Hera about her relationship with her dad. And it's yeah. that cool hydrospanner nervousness moment. What's going on between you and your father? We haven't spoken in years. He was a hero in the Clone War. Fought with the Jedi to free Ryloth from the droid army. But after the war, the Republic became the Empire and refused to leave, so he started fighting them. Once my mother was killed in the Resistance, Ryloth's freedom became the most important thing to him. More important than family? Yeah. That's a, that, that is a nice moment. Yeah. Um, that, like, uh, nervous twitches. And this conversation, um, I feel like, is emblematic of the whole show. And I, I, mm -hmm. I hark on it a lot. But I think one of the major themes through rebels is family and the family you choose. Mm -hmm, totally. And I think this moment is totally one of those. And also Ezra here has his Luke. I care moment where he goes <laughs> like, um, well, I think there's nothing more important. And like uh, he's saying that about, you know, family yeah. being more important than victory or war. Or, um, totally. It's and I like moment. that he, he says it when Cham enters the room. Like, well, yeah, nothing's more important to me. It's like, yeah, like looks at him, such a like dig. A stink guy. <laughs> I know. Ezra's yeah. not in this episode a lot, and this is a mature moment for him. Again, totally. like I don't know, he's just matured a lot. Like back in season one, he would have done something impetuous or silly, or mm. you know, 
not as mature. I don't know. It's a, it's a good moment where he's, you know, flexing his empathy a bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, this whole conversation once Cham enters the room too, um, cause she tells Ezra too, that the, the reason just to say it out is that Cham devoted his entire life to fleeing, freeing Ryloth from Imperial rule and neglected his own daughter. Nothing became more important to him other than Ryloth. And so that's what like, Ezra's like, even his family. Um, and so he enters the room and recognizes Chopper as the old astromech droid that Hera found during the Clone Wars, which I think is kind of a nice touch that shows yeah. that her and Chopper have been together for a really long time. Um, and yeah. he says, like, just like, if you'd shown half the devotion she had shown to Chopper, he That's, would have won yeah. back Ryloth by now. And then, like, kind of scolds her and says that she's always yeah. devoted herself to lost causes. Yeah. And Chopper's just getting dig after dig on this episode because <laughs> Ch- champ calls him a second rate junk pile <laughs> I was yeah. like, it's like dang dude totally and i think this is also emblematic of like another big theme in rebels is i think um, second class droid citizenship yeah <laughs> that is a big theme in rebels actually mm. but the other one is hera seeing the big picture you know she sees well what's good for the galaxy is good for Ryloth. So if we take down the Empire, that is going to be good for Ryloth too. But good it's also going to be good, good for, for the Gander. Exactly. But Cham is, again, really short-sighted. So we see this again with like Saw Gerrera and other yeah. people just like looking at very short-sighted victories instead of the big picture. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's true. Um, are you ready to get into it? The accent gate? The weirdest, weirdest moment. Um, hmm. Let's talk about it. Sure. Because this is what I'm most excited to talk about. Yeah, go for it. During the conversation, it gets a little heated. Mm-hmm. And Sham, who has a space French accent, <laughs> which maybe is just a native Twi'lek accent. Don't mm-hmm. really know. Yeah, it is. Hera is getting heated. And in her frustration and you know indignation, she slips into a space French accent. Mm-hmm. We'll drop the clip here. Bing. I help people. I lead ships into battle. I am part of something bigger. The rebellion. I thought you knew better than to put your faith in outsiders. You forget what happened when we trusted the Republic. This is different. The rebels are fighting to free everyone. Free everyone? I don't care about everyone. I care only about Ryloth. So I've noticed. Okay, so was that how she used to talk and is now forcibly speaking another way? Yeah, so there's there are two there are a couple different ways we can talk about this. So there's like the real world application of it, like our world, and then there's also the show application. So in the show, I think it's it is actually pretty interesting to me. Um, or actually, I think real world is more better to talk right now. Um, I think that there was a little bit of controversy because that is a Twi'lek accent. Um, every Twi'lek we have seen before has that kind of French accent, but then fans were wondering why Hera doesn't. And so it was a little yeah. bit of like I don't know, space whitewashing or something, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so Pablo Hidalgo says that the reason that that happened isn't that she's forcibly kind of changing her accent. I'm sure that's kind of subconscious, like kind of rejecting her father and her culture. Yeah. That yeah to a certain exactly. extent. But we do say, see later on um, with the 
Calicori and stuff like that. I think her people are really important to her, but she's kind of just hurt and burned. Um, but she says she left when she was really young, like young enough that it's natural for her to speak in a different accent. And he even related it to himself because Pablo Hidalgo is uh, Canadian, but doesn't mm. really have a Canadian accent because he left when he was really young. But he also says that he took this from his own life, that when he gets really angry, he'll be like, what you doing, eh, you hoser? Like, he'll, like, he'll slip into his native Canadian accent. Ah, that's funny. Um, so there, I think there are two kind of EU ways we can go with this. Either, yeah, it's an active rejection by Hera of her kind of father and things like that. And she's just kind of like trying to be like the cool, cool, basic girl who like doesn't want to like speak with an accent or it's just like a natural loss because, you know, yeah, she spent the majority of her life not on Ryloth. So, okay. I think those are good. I like all of that. The next question would be, is this a successful, is it too jarring or is it a successful moment to kind of, to have a you know hark back to who she used to be and like show you that she is rooted in twilight culture mm-hmm. and kind of remind reader or like viewers of this is this a successful or is this jarring for you i actually personally really liked it okay it, I did too. it was jarring I did too. but like in a good way i was like whoa oh she's real pissed yeah i i will agree at first i was confused i watched it twice in the second viewing mm-hmm just last night it was like yeah i think that's successful because it is like i don't know it's showing me the tie-in to her culture and her past yeah um i liked that um and so they're kind of not able to resolve their differences they're arguing and all of a sudden like cham just like storms out of the room he's like whatever just like leaves so that brings up the mission they are on their way to steal the carrier and like uh I like that Kanan and Cham are just like shooting the shirt. Um, they're just like sitting around just being like, yeah, war stories, cool, blah, blah, blah. He talks about how Jedi Master Mace Windu spoke highly of Cham's tactics during the Battle of Lesu. Um, and like, <laughs> like yeah. Hera's in the other room. She just like rolls her eyes and just closes the door on him. Yeah. This was, my note was for this part, um, Kanan <laughs> off Cham. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah totally i mean i think it's a mix he's still trying to impress Hera's dad um but there's another thing i was thinking about is i think and I, this was a point brought up by, by freddie prince jr as well that in a way i think it's another connection back to the clone wars which is another yeah, connection no, totally. back to Deba yeah. Blaba. so i mean i think he's also trying it because cham yeah. says a thing something too it's like with the jedi on our side we can't win or we can't lose or whatever so yeah like, i think he's really no. trying to just be like like me dad-in-law but no, also you know you're you're right he's always going to see him as like one of those old you know comrades from war because totally. I, even in that moment i thought back to the comics where depa Balaba and kanan are sitting around the fire with the clones oh, yeah. after the war and they're talking about the war and the moves they use and all this kind of and it's just very this brotherhood that's being shared so totally um i don't think he's just joing um <laughs> cham i think it is a genuine moment yeah but i think cham is genuinely uh a kind of a turd when he goes and i could tell these stories all day and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah and he like talks about like a stupid song about about him yeah sorry i just burped 
You're so vain. <laughs> um, he, and I guess that, that there is a song or story about him that was in one of the legends books. Hmm. Um, so Kanan, who obviously is taken by Cham, enters the cockpit and tries to get Hera to like ease up on her dad. It's like, he's not a bad guy. Just got to give him a chance or whatever. Um, and she replies, you don't know him like I do. And yeah, so at that moment, they kind of exit hyperspace and approach the carrier. Because digging into someone's past and telling them what to do always work. <laughs> totally. Um, how do you feel about this plan? It's super... Well, it's, it just doesn't seem good. I, it I seems, actually really like it. I thought it was really tight. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's gutsy. I'll give him that. It's like, yeah. Cause the plan is contingent upon the Imperials being like, okay, yeah, you can board because it just seems suspect. All of a sudden two A wings chasing a tie bomber. That's not yours appear like, What's the range of a TIE bomber? How far away can they fly from their, mm. like, or, or the origin of their carrier ship? Because do they have, the question would be, does it have hyperdrive? Because if it doesn't, this plan seems weird to me. Um, I'm not sure. Because let me, how let me far away up, can actually, let me see. How far away can it travel from, like, yeah, it's original carrier? Because, yeah, I don't know, it just seems like, uh, it, it just, it all seems suspect to me. Mm, no hyperdrive so no hyperdrive so the original carrier has to be should be pretty close i can't imagine a bomber which is heavier and carrying a bigger load has that good of gas mileage yeah so this is what i'm curious about because you're right i didn't think about the idea of them being able to identify this bomber as one of theirs and i wonder if that's why they have like because every time you ever see like a ship approach a blockade or whatever, they need an access code. And that's what they ask for in here. It's like, what's your landing code or whatever? Yeah. And they give them the, I'm going through a tunnel answer. Like, oh, I'm going through a tunnel. Yeah. Like, that's what Kana does. And I'm like, that's the plan? <laughs> I kind of like it because if they don't have an access code, what else are they going to do? But I mean, my, so the, the greater point is, is that a function of them not having like individual IDs? Like they don't know that's like bomber X28387. Mm, they would know that because that's what they were asking for essentially what's your number and i just don't buy that the empire cares about their troops enough to be like well we have to save this one troop so let's take a chance on them yeah i mean i feel like I, this is how i read it was because they waited for all the bombers to leave they like have a scheduled bombing run they need to go on yeah. so a bunch of bombers left and so that first of all makes it so they have less defenses, but then also it gives them like kind of this cover that maybe they can, the carrier thinks that this is one of the bombers that just left their carrier because they okay. can't tell which okay. bomber is which. So in theory, like two A-wings jump out of hyperspace and start attacking this one lone bomber on his bombing run. And then it's like, I'm going back to the ship. Ah! And then so they, they have the assumption that this is one of the ones that just left. And so what, even though they don't get the complete landing codes, they're like, well, it's probably one of ours. Let's let them in. We'll figure it out later. Which, yeah, yeah it's ballsy. Okay. But okay. I, I just like the commitment to it. Like, I love, like, yeah. the A-wing actually hits the bomber. Yeah. And they just have to control it. And, like, Hera's just like, we got to make it look good. Because, you know, if they half-assed it, then it would obviously be a ploy. Yeah. Well, then Kanan responds, like, with a comment that mm -hmm. pretty much 
reveals that they've used this plan before. He's like, oh, here she goes again or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, she's good at this. Like, they've used this move before, which is also suspect. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and like, um, so they crash the bomber into the hangar bay to make it look more realistic. And this causes everyone in the ship to tumble. And Sabine notices that Cham brought explosives on the mission. <laughs> Which again looks like a bag of thermal detonators, which I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, and how many? Because it looks yeah. more than, you know, 64. I mean, <laughs> can't carry that much, guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can put them in like a, in like an engine room or something like that and disable the ship and let it fall into orbit. But like, how much damage could you really do with like a backpack full of thermal detonators? Yeah. But, um,. Cham and his companions have been discovered, so they stun the rebel crew and proceed on their original mission to blow up the fighter carrier. And so at this moment, I realized that it's really hard to get out of a TIE fighter. Yeah, seems like it. That like, you need some like the, yeah. good upper body strength. It's like a tank with no ladder. Yeah, that's a th- like, I always assume they would have some sort of ladder or something like that because it opens from the top, but they don't. All the people just kind of jump up and do a pull up and it's like getting out of the pool. <laughs> that's awesome that's a great way to say it I definitely couldn't do that I could do it in a pool but I couldn't do it like if I had to if there was a hole above my head yeah that'd be tough yeah <laughs> I don't have that kind of upper body strength nope um, but the but, crew yeah. awakens to find yeah. out that the Twi'lek rebels have betrayed them and they decide to continue the mission against Cham and his crew I love when Cham and his crew jump out of the ship and they start taking down stormtroopers mm-hmm. because I genuine moment. I thought has a stormtrooper ever hit anybody like in <laughs> rebels that we care about ever? No. Like maybe some half shields, but have they actually ever killed anyone important? Have they ever hit a high value target? Mm-hmm. One. Can you name one in any movie <laughs> book, a high value target, a character we know mm-hmm. and like, has anyone ever been hit by a stormtrooper? I'm racking my brain. I can't think of anyone. I feel like I've seen like people get hit in the shoulder or something like that and be like, oh, I'm hurt. And then you have to like hold them. Okay. But I, but I can't even think of who that would be. Okay. So Just you're curious. probably right. No. Just curious. Yeah. Um, so Sabine and Zeb attempt to sneak up on Numa and Gobi only to get involved in a blaster battle with the rebels and stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Cham proceeds alone to sabotage the ship's hyperdrive. Yeah. Uh, Kanan and Ezra start busting out some brilliant moves uh we talked about some of the moves they've been using in unison Mm -hmm. and this is this one is actually legit cool and legitimately useful Mm -hmm. um i think this is i'm going to say throughout all star wars the coolest and most useful jedi combinations like in unison i've ever seen kanan and ezra as a padwan and soon to be knight Ooh, spoiler mm-hmm. are incredible like they're yeah. unrivaled like i i you know obi-wan and qui-gon i haven't seen them do this or anakin and obi like this is insane yeah and i like the idea that this is something they probably practiced 
because they know it's like all right there's all these corridors they're probably going to change the black close the blast doors on us let's practice throwing each other around to get through those corridors yeah um i like that a lot and then also i love how it ends like the last blast door closes and the stormtrooper's like all right we're safe and then not only does cannon cut a circle through it but he force pushes the metal plate against yeah. the stormtrooper and like crushes the stormtrooper which is huge worst yeah. death yeah is that was really tight um so after that the rebels make their way to the command bridge and ezra uses a jedi mind trick for the first time yeah so dark yeah <laughs> jedi mind tricks are so dark in in light of the short story from a certain point of view about how messed up stormtroopers get from being mind tricked or from mm-hmm. totally. it's like it's like permanently giving someone a mental illness yeah it's or like, like PTSD. it's permanently traumatizing someone yeah it's like ptsd like it it sticks with them and they're just like really like i don't know it messes them up which is seems pretty dark yeah it's just jedi mind tricks are dark side moves Come yeah on. totally um i like though he's just like i really mean it <laughs> get to the escape pods. uh i really mean it this is the captain abandoned ship i really mean it this is the yeah. commander <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> before this i funny. love when ha- when hera walks in though and she's like and one of the commanders says i have already contacted reinforcements and she basically is like lol thanks for the heads up like yeah. why do i it doesn't matter yeah totally um so elsewhere sabine and zeb use a rigged mouse droid to drive it over to numa and gobi because they're surrounded by a bunch of like fuel canisters or something like that so they can't blast them and they use like see that's what i'm confused about what this is actually this one is like ion or something yeah that's what it it's looks like, like electric burst or it looks something. like an emp but like the, yeah i would assume that wouldn't work on organics maybe it's just yeah. like enough to disorient them so they can run over and take them out i don't know but yeah it's kind of a silly plan and she drives the mouse right over there and just knocks them out and then yeah. they go over and they capture the Gooby and Numa. Yeah. And they got him. And then Hera gives um, a speech, yeah. is what I'll call it. I want freedom from the Empire as badly as you, but this battle can't be won on Ryloth alone. During the Clone War, you didn't just fight for a village, you rallied everyone to liberate the entire planet. You inspired me. The rebellion is no different. But either you couldn't see that, or you didn't believe in me, and that's why I left. It's not bad. Eh, it's like just just like a boilerplate. I wrote she gives a blah blah speech. Yeah, she gives the basic in- inspirational speech. It's like yeah. the hallmark. It's like a hallmark card inspiration speech mm-hmm. that stirs Gobi and um, Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they're like, we're with you. Yeah, that that touch I did kind of like because like he, she never wins over her father, um, which I think is important. She wins over the other two, and they're like the calm's on. So while she's giving the speech, they could hear it through Sabine's calm, and they're like, "We're with you, Hera." And so basically, everyone has turned on Cham at this point, yeah. and Cham's like, "Fine, I'll let you prove me wrong." And then they go yeah. on. He tells Chopper how to fix the hyperdrive. And all these 
reinforcements are coming, so they need to fight off some TIE bombers while fixing the hyperdrive and getting out of there. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, they, they team up and they make it work and it works. Yeah. And, um, the ship as it's being, it, it's headed into descent, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, they're trying to fix the hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going down. And yeah, they get hit by one of the bombers and yeah. this, these are my notes. I go, things blow up, blah, 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 stronger together than apart, blah, blah, blah. This part really made me roll my eyes, honestly. Yeah, it is. The stronger, I mean, let's just yeah. play Jack Johnson's better together over this whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's funny is as they are being stronger together and trying to pull up the ship from its descent into a planet while in space, mm-hmm. which is so funny when you hit a ship that it starts to, to go down, <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. Like, doesn't make sense. No. What also doesn't make sense is that they're trying to steer it and pull it up together. But the only reason it would be hard to steer something is because friction is acting against it. Yeah, totally. Like, let's say you're in a car and you need to turn the wheel, which has power, but you have power steering anyways. Mm-hmm. The only reason it would be really hard to turn is if you were on, you know, it's because of the road under you is really, you know, messed up or it's like, it's hard to control because of that friction. But in space, there's no friction action acting against you. So a power steering should have no resistance. Yeah. So you pulling harder won't do anything. Yeah, like right? the, the engines work harder if you pull harder. Like that doesn't yeah, make sense to me. That doesn't make sense. But well, I mean, anyway. I guess it makes sense to me, but why would it make sense that Hera, this awesome pilot, could only pull it halfway? Yeah. Like, they make it so tough to pull. Like you just got to be really buff if you want to steer the ship. Yeah. So. I'll, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? So they they're better together. Mhm. Then they fix the hyperdrive and they get out of there. Yeah. Yep. And now they have a cruiser. Yep. Now they have a carrier cruiser where they can park all their cars. Yep. Which evidently doesn't travel in hyperspace well. And will yeah. crumble. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's cool. Hey, they got something for the rebellion. Yay. Yep. Um, so following the battle, Cham informs his daughter that the theft of the Imperial carrier had rallied Ryloth rebels like never before. To your point about the short-sightedness. Yeah. Um, and more people are joining the ranks. Cham also reconciles with his daughter, who he describes as sharing his mother's idealism. Hera yeah. responds that Cham taught her leadership, and then the ghost of the crew hug and watches Cham and his toilet comrades yeah. depart on a shuttle into space. Yeah, I'm not so sure that Cham actually likes Hera for this. No, I don't Because think so. if there's one thing that strong men like, it's being shown that a strong woman can do it better. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I feel like he's probably pissed about this. Yeah. I bet like Gopi and Numa are like, your daughter kicked her ass. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but the ending shot is cute. It's a mm-hmm. little a little Star Wars Rebels poster of all them standing mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have yeah. any other notes? No, that's uh, that's about it for this episode. Yep. It's, yeah, that's an episode. It is an episode. If nothing. I did appreciate getting some backstory for Hera though. I will point that out. Um, and I think it's it is cool. We've brought this up a couple times. You know, we're I like that they spend a lot of time getting into Sabine and Hera. I think they're really cool characters and they're really strong. Um, and not yeah. only, I mean, I think they're more interesting. You know, we we get a little bit of back backstory for Zeb, but I find him a little less interesting than some of the other characters. But you know, it's another case where they're showcasing strong female 
characters yeah. to a young audience, which I appreciate. So I do yeah. want to shout that out. Yeah. And Hera, Hera is probably my favorite. Yeah. She's, she's probably my favorite of the ghost crew. She's really cool. I think so too. Um, I could just do with a whole series of um, Kane and Hera and Chopper, <laughs> the little space family together. Oh my gosh. That'd be so cool. So we end each episode with a, a grading scale, our fa- current favorite thing in Star Wars to our current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Uh, Peter, do you want to share your current uh, scale on how you would rate this episode? Mm-hmm. So my current favorite thing is the throne room battle in The Last Jedi. More specifically, when Ray cuts off a dude's head and it's on fire and lights the whole place on fire. My least favorite thing in Star Wars right now is the 1997 hit, Size Noodle Song, Jedi Rocks. And between those two things, I give this episode Yoda fighting Dooku and Attack the Clones. Um, because there's some tight stuff in it, but there's also some silly stuff in it. Um, and so for me, it's like a B. Mm, okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you remember seeing that in the theater? Uh, Yes. So I remember seeing that in the theater too. And I remember the audience erupting in applause and being Mm. so stoked about it. And I feel like people hate on it now. Well, Yoda fighting for the first time. Yeah. But that's not the reaction that was in the theater. I'll just (laughs) tell you that. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, wait, wait, like people positively reacting? Or yeah, they were like, like oh, stoked. Like, pe- yeah. like people were like, so they were like burst into applause. Yeah. So I, I'm, I remember liking it for the first time. Yeah. I remember hating a lot of Attack of the Clones, but liking that. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, obviously it's antidotal, but yeah. I thought, I, th- I just think it's interesting to see the reaction as it's aged. Yeah. Definitely yeah. has changed. Mm-hmm. All right. What, what's your scale? Yeah, my current favorite thing in Star Wars is the death of Yoda on Dagobah. You know, the light mm-hmm. goes out. Really great moment. To my least favorite thing being Han Solo getting his name from an Imperial officer. <laughs> Solo. Which I have recently read twice in different Han Solo comics. Jeez. They, they, put, they decided they were going to put it. They really wanted to canonize it. So it's in a movie and it's in the Imperial Cadet comics and it's in the solo adaptation comics. Jeez. They really wanted to cement it. So it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Double um, down, huh? Yeah, they yeah, yeah, they went for it. Yeah. Um so I would give this episode a um meeting Rose's sister in the beginning of um in the beginning of the last Jedi. Hmm. Getting a character insight moment we meet a character it's it's hard to describe we we meet a character who has implications on another character who died you know to do something she believed in yeah that's interesting um which i give about a b to b minus okay it's I think it strengthens the character, but it's not super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's 
it's like, yeah, it's a needed character moment, I yeah. suppose. Because um, it does strengthen the character who I like. Yeah. But, but did you consider that Paige Tycho wouldn't be able to drop a bomb on the Dreadnought because there's no gravity in space? <laughs> well, I would have, but I was too busy playing with my calculator in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> the calculator. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what that means. Um, we're, we're we're making fun of we're making fun of who we are. Yeah, I'm not making fun of nerds. Blanket statement. I'm making fun of dick nerds. <laughs> yeah, got them. Yeah, losers. <laughs> no, no one's a loser. We're all losers in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's stop, let's stop <laughs> bragging. Let's stop bragging on everything and. And call it quits for the day. Sorry, I didn't sleep much last night. I'm grumpy. That's, a, that's okay. We're space grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all Star Wars is good Star Wars. Not all fans are good fans, though. Fair. I like that. Let's just all, let's just all be buddies. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, this was one for the ages, I will say. Do you want to tell people where they can find us? You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at, at Rebels Rebels Pod. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that just being Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email the show at Gmail. Yep. If Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail. Do us a big favor. It would really help us out. And we will read your comment out on a bonus episode. Leave us an iTunes review. And in that review, tell us what your grading scale would be. What's your favorite and least favorite thing in Star Wars? We will shout you out on Twitter as well. Yes. And anyone who leaves a review, I'm sure we'll do a contest soon and give out some swag and stuff like that. And you'll be entered in that. So it is beneficial to you as well. And we would appreciate it. Sure is. And remember, till next time, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Sayonara, suckers. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Maybe stop asking me how I'm doing. Okay. I don't (laughs) care. Savannah just laughed at that. (laughs) What? It's a good good call. (laughs) Did you just laugh at that? Yeah, she did.